discussion topic. I don't really have much uh, specific content to share, but uh, I wanted to discuss the topic about meaningful relationships. Um, hopefully that's an important topic uh, for all of us. And uh, I wanted to like throw out there a question about um, something I guess I've been working on recently, you know, the concept of trying to uh, understand, you know, what's involved in meaningful relationships and to try to work on uh, figuring out how to make them more meaningful and more important, more beneficial. So I was uh, thinking about, you know, the difference between, I guess, two different types of like meaningful relationships. Some that are you know, shallow but positive. Shallow in the context, not necessarily that they're not beneficial and very helpful, but where there might be much care, concern for each other. We might help each other a lot. We might respect each other a lot. We might have an interest in spending quality time and quantity of time together. But the context of the relationship and the discussions really have a certain wall to them where we don't really share too much of what's going on inside of our hearts, our minds, our thoughts, our feelings, our challenges, our weaknesses, our you know, real philosophies of life too much. You know, the things that generally uh, are beneath the surface of our everyday lives. So that's one kind of relationship and probably we all have a number of pretty positive kind of relationships that are meaningful and helpful in that context. Um, I would guess most of our parents are probably somewhat in that category, assuming that the relationship is relatively positive. You know, where we might look forward to spending time together and sharing information about what's going on in our daily lives on the surface. Like it might be with siblings, it might be with, you know, some close friends, people we work with. And those relationships are probably very helpful and very meaningful for ourselves. There probably are other relationships that sometimes we have where we're more likely to share our thoughts, our feelings, our challenges, our weaknesses, um, the different philosophies that we have that not necessarily, you know, that our questions that we might have, the things that we might be trying to figure out in our lives in this area of like Torah, spiritual philosophies, and various things like that where maybe there's like more depth in certain ways to that kind of relationship. And I wanted to try to figure out like, is it important really to have many of our close relationships to be the type of relationship where we're much more comfortable sharing um, what's really inside of us? Like, is it important? Why is it important if it is? And if it is important, you know, what holds us back? And is it possible to break through? Is it important to break through if there are things to hold us back? And if so, like what are some of the things to consider um, in that process? 
Like, let's say, you know, just for an example, to take a relationship with parents, let's say we have a relatively positive relationship with our parents. And we might even look forward to talking to them and to sharing, you know, our basic daily life with them. And we might even look forward to spending time together with them. But we're not so likely necessarily to uh, share, you know, what's really going on. Like, what are we really anxious about in life? What are our real challenges in life? You know, what are the weaknesses that we might have? What are the areas that we're trying to really figure out in our spiritual development? And... Um, I would imagine that many or most of us probably have a similar kind of experience with people like parents and siblings, where we're not necessarily going to be so comfortable or so quick or so ready to, uh, you know, share these types of things. So I don't know if that's true. It could be I'm projecting, but um, from what I think I've picked up from many people who I've had exposure to, I have a sense that it's a relatively common thing for us to potentially have a pretty positive relationship with people like parents and siblings, but to be very hesitant to share um, the types of meaningful thoughts that are in our minds and in our hearts, you know, with people like our parents. They are either the last people that we'd like to share it with, or at least they're not, you know, close to the top of the list of the people that we would want to share with if we're ready to share it with anybody. So I don't know, I guess one way to look at it is, you know, maybe it's not so important, you know, to, you know, if it's, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, if we have a relatively positive relationship, and it's meaningful to us and it's helpful to us. So, you know, when I've like put it out there to different discussion groups, you know, that I've had, that was often the initial response that people had. Like, if it's relatively good, you know, so why, why mix around with it? Like, is it really so important? Is it really so helpful? Um, I don't necessarily want it. They wouldn't necessarily want it. It just like complicates things. And I would imagine, you know, maybe sometimes, you know, that is something that we want to do. And I don't know if there's a right and wrong answer for what's, what's the right thing to do. But uh, maybe it would be good to, you know, have a discussion about are there real benefits that we can realistically achieve in a meaningful and productive kind of way that we may gain from the relationship in a more significant way, and maybe they'll gain from the relationship in a more significant way. And is that something we should shoot for, we should try for? And is it really realistic, helpful, and beneficial? So those are some of my thoughts um, to maybe have a discussion about such a topic and see uh, what you know, we can figure out together. Are you asking this? Um, any initial thoughts about whether what? I'm wondering if you're asking this as a parent. I'm sorry, I didn't hear what you said. I'm, I'm asking, are you asking this even as a parent mm -hmm. to try to figure out how to enable your children someday, or even, even, even as soon as now, to have that kind of relationship mm -hmm. with their parents? 
I guess that's a really good question from me. To do to make that possible for them to be able to share what's really, you know, going on in their life, uh, that they should be able to be safe and, and comfortable with that. That sounds like a really good thing, I guess, to focus on. Maybe, I guess, when you think about it, even from a parent perspective, how many of our parents, A, you know, not to look and criticize at all, but just to try to understand maybe, how many of our parents, A, made it safe, like you're saying, Rabbi, and B, seem to have an interest in such a relationship? Like how many kids nowadays, or how many of us, you know, really grew up with the sense that my parents were interested in having a meaningful relationship with us about anything that's really relevant underneath the surface of, you know, what's going on in our minds. My guess and my sense is that it's not such a common thing for it to even be an ideal or something that's focused on, not necessarily their fault, because I would imagine that their parents often didn't have such a mindset. Like what you're bringing up is, even if they wanted to, would they feel safe to have it? But I think the first thing is really to try to identify, was it even something that was a priority or a focus or something that seemed to be important to, um, not necessarily our parents, we don't have to, you know, look to point fingers in any context, but, you know, I think the first thing is to try to figure out, is it really so beneficial? Is it really so important? Is it really such a big difference? If we can create, let's say, with our children or our parents or our siblings, a relatively positive relationship where, you know, we get together on Pesach and everyone's nice to each other. It's not always so easy to accomplish, but let's say we can accomplish that. And we talk about the weather or the uh, family weather, you know, of, you know, what schools is everyone going to and what are you doing next year and how's it going and what's your community like? And, you know, the family weather kind of uh, discussions, you know, that's, you know, in a way it's positive, it's great. And it's definitely is something to be very proud of if we could accomplish having positive interactions with our family. But, is there really something significantly missing that's realistic to be able to um, achieve, you know, with, within our family kind of dynamics or our friends or people who are, we have a meaningful relationship with us to really make it deeper in the way that we would feel comfortable and they would feel comfortable to share their thoughts, feelings, challenges. Um, we might, recognize and appreciate the benefits, you know, in the context of really asking ourselves, like, do my parents really know me? Do they really, you know, if they really don't know what's beneath the surface in my mind, they don't know what keeps me up at night. If they don't know what makes me cry, if they don't know what makes me um, happy, if they don't know what my dreams are, what I really would want to accomplish, if they don't know what I'm proud of for having accomplished, you know, if they don't really know, you know, the, you know, just the inner feelings and thoughts and challenges and weaknesses that we feel ashamed of, that we feel uncomfortable about, 
the types of things that we're generally not so comfortable sharing because they make us feel bad about ourselves or they make us feel weak, they make us feel like our self-worth is not really so clear. The types of things that we would hate, you know, for others to generally find out about. So if my parents don't really know me in that kind of way, or, you know, maybe to flip, you know, the situation, not necessarily do we want our, not just do we want our kids to share those things with us, do we want our kids to know us? You know, it might be an interesting thing for us to think about. You know, do we want our children to know what makes us feel weak? What makes us feel vulnerable? You know, maybe not at age, you know, four or five, but, you know, by 25 or 15 or 35, or by the time that, uh, you know, we're ready to move on from this world, do we want our children to have known us, to have had some sort of sense of, you know, who we are as a person? And, you know, what our struggles were, what we feel like we've worked to overcome, what we feel like we haven't worked to overcome. So I think the first thing is really, I know for myself, like it wasn't something that I spent most of my life thinking about trying to have relationships where I can share, you know, these kinds of things with others or that I felt like it was important for people close to me to share them with me. So... I think the first thing for myself was trying to make it somewhat of a priority to try to even value such a thing. Like thinking about it in that context, do I even know my parents? Do my parents know me? Do my siblings know me? Do my friends know me? Do I know them? Do I have any idea what are the kinds of things that they're not so comfortable sharing with others? You know, and what's really going on in their mind and heart on a daily basis. So some people may have grown up with it, or maybe it came more naturally, or life's experiences, you know, encouraged them, or their own decisions encouraged them to develop those kind of relationships. But I think for many or most of us, it's not necessarily an experience that we've had in such a, you know, in such a frequent, frequent kind of way, even with people who are relatively close to us, people who we may even feel like we have a relatively good relationship with that's very meaningful. But 90% of what we're thinking about throughout the day, you know, is really not, I don't know, 90%, but a big part of what we're thinking about, you know, that makes us who we really are, we're not really so comfortable sharing with others. Can I ask a question? Please, Moshe. Um, is, there, is there something that a parent let's say a parent is focusing, has this focus that uh, he or she wants, you know, their child to feel comfortable expressing themselves in front of, you know, the father or the mother. Um, and, and they can have this relationship where the father or mother knows what's going on with the child. Is there something besides where I guess maybe like a, a parent might be guarded for their own their own reasons, maybe not such good reasons. A parent might be guarded against doing that. Maybe he feels mm -hmm. like I'm the dad. I'm supposed to be big and tough and strong. Um, mm -hmm. Is there is there another reason why a parent might not want to have that kind of, have like hold back from creating that kind of relationship where it might be buddy buddy? Mm -hmm. Right. Does it have to be buddy buddy in order to be open? Like, I would imagine, you know, a person could probably still be a parent 
and this context could really be achieved probably with a different, you know, with different types of ways. Like one way could be buddy, buddy, you know, where, you know, we're just friends. I'm not the parent. I'm not someone you look to for like strength and guidance and, you know, help and assistance from a parent kind of perspective. But I would imagine that it could happen even in that context where someone, if they have what to offer to their children in the context of strength, encouragement, guidance, respect, help, at the same time, they could also, hopefully using the right discretion and knowing you know, the age appropriate kind of times to be sharing things that their kids can you know, gain from, but if they're using, you know, the right kind of discretion and they're kind of, they're trying to assess, you know, what would be age appropriate to be sharing, it could probably still be shared in the context of being a parent and a child as opposed to, uh, um, as opposed to just being buddy-buddy. Like sometimes, you know, the only thing that we're used to sharing in such an intimate kind of way might be with our buddies. And that might make it that we have to like try to reassess, like how, how should this look? Like you're asking Moshe, like it's probably important for us to ask ourselves, like how should this look as a parent to a child? You know, certainly a certain type of old school mentality was, you know, that children and parents were maybe viewed as like very, very different like types of people and you know they didn't really you know children should be seen and not heard like even if you're four steps away from that it still doesn't really leave an opening for so much of this type of relationship but even if there is a context of you know a parent child kind of relationship there probably is a lot of room for a certain kind of openness about what do you say rabbi sounds like you're touching on a very important but very very fine skill which I don't know if it can even be taught or even described in any way of the balance of sharing or encouraging somebody to share just the right amount how vulnerable to be how much to show of your own self and your struggles and your weakness which could be true, of course, not only with a child and a parent or a parent and a child. It could be true as a Rebbe to a Talmud, Talmud mm-hmm. with a Rebbe, a husband and wife. How much can you share that the other person is ready to hear about? Mm-hmm. How much can you ask of them or sort of encourage them to share that they might be ready to be open about, to be able mm-hmm. to see a little bit more of the person? Of course, the best way to lead is by example. But that mm-hmm. example, of course, has to be um, with a lot of a uh, good balance. So <laughs> in a certain sense, like you're touching on the concept of we should try to share of ourselves with our children to get them to see the example of that and be comfortable with that. But still, to the degree that they are able to benefit from and not in any way be detrimental of course we wouldn't want them to somehow suddenly lose all respect for their parents in a way that they would not be faulted so you know to go to the fullest extreme that they're not ready for whatever that case might be would not be 
for them. But to therefore go to the opposite extreme and share nothing is also um, probably not the best thing. I don't understand what you're saying. You think it's not, it, it's the lack of having that skill or like I would have thought it was more to do with people not being comfortable doing it and not even getting to the step of knowing how to do it. But what is the it? Like what would that right. Like? That, 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 that's for sure. That the first step is like, I think, you know, Rabbi Goldman is, is helping us to understand that to have a really meaningful relationship, you really have to know the person. Knowing the person means knowing more than just what's on the surface. And of course, there's what to learn and what to grow and what to be helped um, by somebody respecting your experience and hearing it and wanting to understand it. There's a very you know, good experience that could come from that. But it still has to be done with a lot of seichel. Right, for sure. But what would be that first step? How, how would you describe it? sounds like there are a lot of challenges that need to overcome in order to create this relationship in a productive fashion. But what's even that first step? Like, how would you describe it? Like, what are the benefits? Why is it important to um, sometimes be able to have this kind of relationship? Like, in a way, you know, if people can have a relationship where they're nice to each other and they're helpful to each other and they spend time together in a, in a meaningful kind of way and they talk about, you know, like the family weather, you know, which is probably a very common kind of, you know, conversation that many, most people have with their siblings and parents, spouses you know, to discuss, you know, the family weather, you know, situations. So why would you, like, how would you describe, like, why is it important to really, um, you know, without feeling like it's important, it's hard to really have, be motivated to put in the time, effort, and interest, you know, to try to, you know, navigate all of the different challenges and to make sure to, uh, figure out how to do it in the right kind of way, with the right kind of balance, with the right kind of perspectives. But how would you descri describe, like, why would you say that it's an important kind of thing? I don't know if it's necessary, why but do like, why would you phrase it important? Why do I have to yeah. phrase what makes it important? It's just the reality. If what you're describing is people that have like a very and more than polite and even friendly relationship, but it's very, it's just superficial. Like well, all the examples I'm giving, like, does this person really know me? Like, do they know what mm -hmm. I'm about 80% of the day or whatever percentage you up? Like, yeah. do I know them? Like, mm -hmm. why is it important? It's just the reality. It's just, that's just what's happening. Like, mm -hmm. like, so like, why are, like, why is it important? Well, because are you not acknowledging that it's there? Isn't that like more of the real question? Like, why is that so uncomfortable to let that just be? Right, but let's say we could go through life and not really have that, you know, that's, that's often the response that I hear, you know, when I initially like bring it up with people is like, well, why do I need it? You know, I, like I'm not so interested in, you know, breaking through whatever barriers that there are. 
you know, my parents are not necessarily so interested in that. My siblings are not necessarily so interested in that. We're nice to each other, so we don't really know each other. We don't really know what's going on. We don't really have that a sounds good like a very fake way of, to live. Hey, man. Um, but if it's working, <laughs> so what's what's not working, or what is there to 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 gain more in? Like, how would you describe Besides that it? whole part of yourself that you're hiding from? Not so much. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say, Rabbi? It looks like you had something okay. to well, share. Well, the thought that came to mind as you were asking the question was that the terms, certainly in terms of you know parent to child, Rebbe to Talmud, or even friend to friend, it's very helpful to a person to not need to feel that they have everything all worked out to be okay with themselves. So how can a child learn it unless they see it in a real life example that, yes, I have this um, Mishigas that I'm still trying to uh, work on and get better at and you know, that's, that's, you know, that's how I, that's who I am. And I realize it's not perfect. I'm okay with myself not being perfect, but I'm not deciding to not do anything about it. I, I would like to try to find ways. If you have any good suggestions, you know, I'm open to the, whatever you could share with me, you know, and help me to interact with you better or overall better. And that way we enable people to be more comfortable with their challenges, with their idiosyncrasies, with their weaknesses. That's a very good benefit for, for all people in, you know, in the simplest form. Even, even before you bring in the concept of the more meaningful, more deeper relatedness that is very also you know, significant, the Yodo, Makiro, somebody that you love, you wanna to get to know. Even, even before that, just be able to be okay with, you know, I'm not okay. You're not okay. It's okay. That's uh, mm -hmm. that's a big, a big, um, you know, good thing to have in your life. Right. <laughs> it sounds like you're saying that there's two. It sounds like you're bringing up two things. Like one thing is the potential benefits in the relationship itself of feeling accepted, loved, cared for, appreciated. You know, for who we really are as a person. And the, within the relationship, you know, the benefits that we could have from the encouragement, from the acceptance, from, you know, you know from the positive benefits that we can gain from the type of relationship where we already know each other and care about each other and respect each other for who we really are. You know, so you have, you know, that, you know, area, which sounds like it could be extremely helpful for ourselves. Plus, like if we're afraid to share a big part of who we are, you know, that both reflects on our own self-image, you know, what it's based on, and it pro probably even reinforces whatever lack of comfort that we have with ourselves. Like if I can't tell my mother, you know, about who I really am, if I can't tell my siblings, my children, my friends about a big part of who I really am. So not only does that reflect what we think about ourselves, but that probably influences what we think about ourselves. And it probably makes it that we need to lead our lives in ways where we may not be actively deceiving others in a significant way, but 
we probably do have to subtly deceive others and reinvent our stories about what we're presenting to others, you know, as far as what, what's really going on in our lives. Like if we have to cringe a little bit every time that we say, yeah, everything's great. And we know that it's not so great. If we really shared, you know, what was actually going on, you know, it would sound very different than everything's so great. So it probably has some element of a toxic kind of, you know, feeling that we are left with inside. If even the people close to us, we know, okay, again, I couldn't really share with them what's really happening. So it sounds like there are a number of different uh, types of benefits, which doesn't mean necessarily every single person that we have a close relationship with or a friendly relationship and a warm relationship with that we would need to necessarily have this acceptance from everyone, but probably to a large extent, if at least some of the people who are close to us were comfortable sharing, you know, this uh, aspect of we are able to develop a kind of close relationship with, it's probably extremely helpful and meaningful. Um, so Rabbi, tell me, is this something that, that's like more of a of something people focus on these days than what you've seen previously? Um, I'm not clear on the question. Can you rephrase that? Um, what I'm asking is that, you know, I, my sense is that it's much more, uh, you know, 21st century type of thing where people want to be more open and people want to, are more open to want to have a closer relationship with their families and friends. I don't know if it makes that, that much of a difference, but it might help us understand the context of... There's been major progress in the, in the world of uh, human psychology and the developing the concept of vulnerability. <laughs> That's a, uh, a very uh, recent uh, discovery. Right. Okay, so, uh, but 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 even you know even before that, it really could have been known, even you know long before, that it is necessary for a person to be mm -hmm. accepting of their sometimes very major chesreinus and challenges. Right. So it sounds like those are two things that are very much related. I have a harder for this or for that. I have to shut that out. I can't deal with that. It means I'm bad if I have challenges, if I have pulls in all kinds of directions that are not the best ones. If I can't be bearing that, because that means that I see myself as bad if I have a temptation. So then right. I can't possibly try to work on it in a safe public way. I, I have to ignore it. I have to shut it out. I have to make believe like it doesn't exist. There's no way to grow as a person without fully embracing what Hashem has given me. Right. So it sounds to me like there are two really, really important things to start the process or to continue the process for ourselves. Like one is like what you're saying is in order for it to be able to happen, we have to be more comfortable with ourselves and to whatever extent that we can look at ourselves in a more positive light, you know, even despite the things that are challenging to us and things that could be viewed as you know weaknesses within ourselves and our lives but i know for myself like one of the big 
areas that I thought was extremely helpful to work on was just even prioritizing it, feeling like this is something that's, you know, important and something that we might want to experience more in our lives. You know, in a way, you know, when life is going well and things are relatively, you know, fitting into their places, so it's, I found it to be easier in a way to feel like things are good. You know, what, what do I need more of that type of thing for? Like, why do I need to be focused on sharing more? You know, when things are not so easy, in a way it's, you know, challenging for the other reason, because like, hey, if things are not so simple, so that now the challenges and the weaknesses and the vulnerability is, you know, on a high and, it's hard to feel motivated sometimes, you know, unless we feel extremely safe, you know, to want to share it, especially if we haven't had that necessity and that feeling and that experience, you know, in a way when, like, I feel like people share, you know, the, it always hit me that, you know, the 11 year olds are more comfortable sharing with their camp counselors you know, than with their parents. You know, that's like a, necessarily a healthy thing. But, you know, or the older base medrash guy, you know, with the high school guy, you know, which is the kind of like first time people really have an experience sharing you know, what's in their minds, you know, which is probably generally not um, what we would look at as, you know, the ultimate first experience of really sharing your inner feelings is with, you know, the 22 year old, uh, you know, Maven, who's figured out the world already. So, it's, but it's probably hard to feel motivated. So I feel like for myself, you know, that was maybe the biggest like step, you know, because everything else is really secondary to that. Like once I want to, now how do I figure out how to get there? And maybe the most important thing is really working on how we feel about ourselves and how we feel about our limitations, how we feel about our challenges and to try to, feel confident that we could share without hurting ourselves. But that first step, I feel like it's not really something that is necessarily on the front of our minds, you know, all the time as, hey, this is something that I really, really want to do. You know, this is something that I feel like is really so important. I'm sure some of us probably feel like, what are you talking about, Rabbi? You know, that's something that's you know, I've been wanting to do since I've been six, and it could be some people have had that experience, but I feel like it's not necessarily an experience that everyone has had, you know, with that positive, you know, mindset that, hey, isn't this something that's so important? Don't I want to know my parents better? Don't I want to know people who are better? Don't I want to have some sense of awareness of the people in their lives? Don't I want them to know me? like in a more real kind of way. So I feel like for myself, that was, that was and is, you know, step one is trying to get a sense that's actually really helpful to me. And, you know, part of what's hard is it could theoretically be helpful to me even if we get to that point, but is it really realistic and is it worth it? Whatever is necessary to do, can I really do it with someone who, hasn't necessarily presented to me the, um, the freedom, the, the 
feeling of confidence that I can trust them. So A, is it important? B, is it realistic? And C, like, is it worth it? So I feel like, and then you get to, you know, how would I do it? How does it make sense? What's the right way to do it? Right way to do it? Like, how do I overcome whatever challenges that there are getting me? Um, well, I'll tell you what's hitting me now. This is, what this is say, Yeah. I'm thinking that as a parent, it's very important to empower your children to be able to share with you things that are going on in their life if they would ever need to and have such a real need to be able to mm -hmm. gain the support and maybe some help from their parent. Mm -hmm. And the only way you could do that is if they will know with full confidence that they will not lose anything in their respect and the love and the acceptance of their parents if, if and when they share something that is um, of a very imperfect nature. Mm -hmm. What about for us? So, so, then, so the only way to, to get to that point is if you really teach a lot about how life is about challenges struggles mm -hmm. and continuously whatever point you are there's got to be another one but otherwise you wouldn't have to be on this world anymore and mm -hmm. and you know anybody who's thinking like they got it all together and everything is just hunky-dory they're not in the game right let's really teach this mm -hmm. this value as a primary value that we should really recognize the real truth of what we're all about Mm -hmm. There's nothing to be ashamed, embarrassed of having mm -hmm. any kind of struggle, whatever it might be, because pretty much they're not of our own making anyway. They're mm -hmm. all part of Hashem's design. We don't know why he sometimes he gives us crazy things. And um, if any time we think that somebody could be helpful, supportive, that uh, we should utilize that opportunity. It only makes sense. And, you know, we got to be here for each other. Rabbi, what, what would you say for ourselves? Do you think it's important, like for us? Like, do we need these these kinds of things, or is it only for? Yes, uh, certainly yes. for our children, we want them to feel this way, especially Absolutely. this cute one right here. Yes, um, we, we don't have it yet. We definitely need it for ourselves, and yeah, it probably helps us very much if we can have somebody in our life to whom we could share our own struggles. And they are still accepting of us and respectful to us and empathic to us. Mm -hmm. And um, even if they don't have any good solutions, just the mere fact that they could say, yeah, that is major. I hear that. <laughs> Would definitely help us to be accepting of it ourselves because it's not easy for anybody to maintain their full good self-concept combined with the full recognition of their challenges and limitations. All right, that's for sure. But Rabbi, let me, let me tell you something that often happens to me. Like if I'm having a discussion with some people and either my wife or kids are around and we're talking about some concept of having a mentor, having a Rebbe, you know, things like that. So the uh, most uh, common question that they ask me is new. No. So who's yours? How often do you speak to them? You know, when I 
encourage people, you know, to have a therapist and, you know, speak to them. And, you know, we all have challenges. We all have people we want to talk to. So uh, a common question is, okay, Sanu, you know, so what are you doing, Dad? You know, well, all right, that's, that's a good trick. Um, it's a good way. It's a good form of denial, you know, things like that. But uh, so we're not going to ask you in a public forum, but like, so who do we look to? You know, do we, it's, I think that's something that if our kids see, you know, if they really see that we feel like we need it and we're comfortable, there's one thing making them comfortable by making it safe. But I know for... I don't really put, mean to put you on the spot. It's really me putting myself and others on the spot. Well, like it's easy it. to tell others, you know, that they need someone to look to for help, guidance, assistance. But, you know, one of the hardest news I remember hearing from the Rosh was, you know, the brothers of Yaakov, they needed, they needed each other. They needed to go down to Mitzrayim together because they really needed to have that bonding, they needed to share those positive experiences together. And it was like the Sarhian, like, like when in the world do they need their bodies with? Like, you know, to try to, uh, especially like this kind of thing, uh, you know, people who are big and strong and tough, they really need to open up. They really need to talk and share. And, you know, it's hard. It's hard to see it and appreciate it and value it so I really think that's like for myself and I think for many others, that's really the biggest first step is appreciating that it might be worth it. It might be doable. And in a way, the bigger and more confident that might be in many ways, in a way it takes more confidence to be able to, uh, you know, the bigger the rabbi is, the harder it is for him to ask advice, you know, from others, the bigger the, uh, you know, parent is or whoever it is. And it's just really like seeing, I grew up seeing the people who I look to in the context of appreciating that it's very appropriate, helpful for them to be having like a good buddy that they could share with. You know, that type of like mindset of really feeling like people need good friends to be able to be open with, to be able to be sharing with. Like I, I personally always view that as like a, that's like a sign of weakness. That's when someone really needs help and guidance. Like to be able to recognize and appreciate the values of that for everyone. I feel like for myself, at least it was an eye-opening experience. That's when I first really appreciated it more and more. It was like extremely helpful. And the next steps are really just as challenging, probably, probably more challenging you know, of, so how do I do it? How do I feel confident enough? Like, who do I go to? Who can I trust? How do I develop a relationship, you know, that, you know, can have that trust? And then you have the other part of it is, how can I be the kind of person who can be trusted, you know, and how can I encourage others or make myself available to others who I might be able to benefit, you know, by being a trusting kind of person? So there are really two sides of the coin that are both equally challenging. Like, how can I value the importance of such relationships? How can I then proceed to try to create those relationships for myself? And 
you know, like if someone would ask me, does the, did the Rosh Hashiva really need a good friend to share his, you know, thoughts and feelings of vulnerability with? You know, chas shalom, like, come on. You know, did, you know, fill in Rabbi X and Rabbi Y and Rabbi Z. Like, did they ever feel like they needed to have, you know, this kind of relationship where they're able to feel, to share their vulnerabilities or whatever. They had friends. They had, in some context, where they talked about the rabbinical weather, you know, patterns. As opposed to, you know, really appreciating this. I just never personally saw it as like a real value and something to try to pursue with, you know, much passion and persistence and to try to figure out for myself, like, how do I create these kind of relationships? I think for my, sorry to uh, say the same thing over and over and over again, but I am just trying to recognize that I think it's extremely valuable and important to try to appreciate it. Because I think so many people go to the grave, you know, never really having had a relationship with their parents, siblings, children, friends, and never really felt in a clear way that there was something clearly missing. And, you know, besides, you know, if they're negative experiences, you know, that's something that we've heard for many, many years has been appreciated, you know, how complicated, difficult, and problematic that is. But, you know, the value of having a positive, open, caring, sharing kind of relationship with our parents, our spouse, you know, our, you know, close friends, our children, I think that's something that as much as we appreciate it, you know, some people probably appreciate it a lot and most people don't view it as much of a value at all. And certainly because it's challenging, the amount of passion and persistence that we have to try to pursue it in any meaningful kind of way is usually like negligent. You know, how many people would go to therapy because I have a lot of positive normal relationships, but they're all shallow. So I really want to work on it because it's really meaningful to me. So I need guidance and help and I'm ready to invest, you know, thousands of dollars in creating meaningful relationships. You know, if we don't value it, so who's going to do that? Like, I, you know, if I'm involved in a really, really painful kind of relationship, so I might find the motivation, the passion, persistence, and, you know, the... Uh, and the cash to be able to pay for surviving such a relationship. But the changing a relationship from being positive but shallow to being positive but you know, deeper and more meaningful, to be able to really, really value that to the extent that we're ready to invest in it, you know, the time, effort, energy, and money to make it happen. So I know for myself, that was something that was very eye-opening and I just wanted to share that, so. Well, there's clear basis from the Rambam in Avos and Kehil HaChaper. Yeah, okay, that's great. We'll you take that. You cannot find a stronger endorsement for this uh, yeah. than that piece in the Rambam. Um, okay, Ben Sashem. Okay, so Hatzlach Rabbi, I have to run, but thank you so much for listening and joining and sharing. So, uh, Everyone should have a great, great week. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, be well. Any further thoughts, anybody? You're welcome to a share now or uh, anytime in the future.
Okay. I guess we have enough to think about. Hi, Yosef. Great to see you. <laughs> okay, Yashikayach, to one and all for being with us. <laughs> you, you got the screen. You're looking great. Okay, have a very good night. And uh, hopefully.